Let us pray. Precious Father, we thank you again for tonight. As we approach your word, we trust you to teach us. Trust you to cause your word to enter and have entrance into every hearer that it will bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are dealing with our identity as Christians. Our identity as Christians, and I'm so grateful to God uh, how people have had so much interest in this thing that we started to teach, even outside of this country. I've spoken with people outside of this country who told me how they've listened to this message a couple of times. And I, I thank God for that. It's very encouraging. So we are tonight looking at our identity, really. Our topic is Christ is your identity. Christ is your identity. Let me say it one more time. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is your identity. So let's start in, in, by giving you what the Lord gave me to give us. We should stay in the Word of God. Never go outside the Word of God. No matter who is preaching to you. No matter who is preaching on the internet, whatever. Do not go outside the Word of God. No matter how it makes sense to you, no matter how your senses think it's okay, stay in the light of the Word. These are seriously evil days of wrong doctrines, of men that focus on men and what men do instead of Christ Jesus and the work God did for us on the cross. It will be easy for you to know whatever focuses on the arm of the flesh is not God. Whatever focuses on the arm of the Lord, Jesus Christ himself, that's the Holy Spirit. He came to bear witness about him. And so we can't approach the word of God with our arm of the flesh, with our human senses. We, everything about God is spiritual. You can't reason it. Actually, it doesn't make sense. And he said so. You cannot reason it. You can't uh, explain it, really. You just believe it. It's the wisdom of God. It's higher than our wisdom. And it is of God Almighty. So you can't, you can't employ your human wisdom or human reasoning, human faculty, to try to process or figure out the wisdom of the Almighty God talking about spiritual things that does not lend itself to physical interpretation, even physical observance sometimes, it will throw you into wrong conclusions. So the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 1.21, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. Did you see that? Nobody can know God through human wisdom. You can only know things of God by revelation of the Holy Spirit. You cannot know Jesus by human wisdom. 
He says to Peter, flesh and blood did not re reveal me to you. It's my father. You cannot know the word of God by wisdom of man. Everything about God, everything about Jesus, everything about the New Testament, everything about the word of God must be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. So he said, he said, he has used, he says, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world will never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching to save those who simply believe it. He said, this preaching looks foolish, like I said. But he said he saves those who believe it. 22, it is foolish to the Jews, still foolish to a lot of people, who ask for signs from heaven. It is foolish to the Greeks, the philosophers, the educated, the PhD, a lot of, you know, those who know a lot. Who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended. <laughs> they get offended. But you know, it still happens. The Bible calls it the offense of the cross. People still get offended when you preach the gospel of Jesus. And the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. Yeah, people still say it's nonsense. And what did they call nonsense? Christ was crucified for us. But those who, those called by God to salvation, those who receive revelation of it, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God. You see how people perceive these things? Those with the human wisdom think it's foolish, it's waste of time. But those who have revelation of the Holy Spirit, they see that this is the power of God. The power of God that, and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. You can't think of a better way than Christ dying for the whole world. No matter what you think should be the alternative or something you think should be added, the Bible says that this thing that God did, you think is foolish, is wiser than any, anything a human being can come up with. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest human strength. We think this, is that all? Christ died for us, and we are now children of God. That is he. He said, yeah, he looks weak, but he's stronger than anything you can come up with to change a man. <laughs> stronger than it. So we're talking about our identity. Let's also say that our identity is not physical. Your identity as a Christian is not a physical entity. In Christ, there is neither male or female. It's not a physical entity, but a spiritual one. You cannot correctly identify yourself as a Christian with, with your physical eyes and human senses. Again, you don't discern the spiritual things with human wisdom. 
your Christian identity is a spiritual, uh, it's a spiritual manifestation. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And it's not of man. Not of the will of man. Many try to identify themselves as Christians by what they do, the tattoo they have, and all those kind of things. The thing that you see. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. So if you say, Are you a Christian? You say, Ah, yes, now. <laughs> I, I know they tell lies. I know they do this. I know they do that. Which is a lie, because they're still lying. They're still lying. A lot of Christians lie. Can we make up our minds to be honest? You can only know your true identity by the revelation of the Holy Spirit who put you in Christ. You can't read it out, you can't figure it out. First Corinthians 2.12 says, And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. So the Holy Spirit is here to, to help us know the things God has freely given us. Our new identity is a gift from God. When we tell you these things like we're preaching now, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. You can't use human wisdom to figure out your new identity in Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches you who you are in Christ and teaches you who Christ is. So number one, we are spirit being. You are a spirit being. John 3 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. The one we see is flesh, but you must be born again. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Have you ever seen your spirit? But God says, you are a spirit. If you got it out, let me see. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, as many as received Christ Jesus, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Once you receive Christ into your life, you're automatically a child of God. You don't need to do anything. Don't you have to pray about it? You, just, you don't have to. You have become a child of God, even to them that believe in his name. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do, 13. Which were born now, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. It's a spiritual thing. You are a spirit. The Bible calls you the hidden man of the heart. 
the new man. And so when God talks of born again, he's talking about your spirit. <clears throat> and when God talks about children of God, he's talking about your spirit. The Bible says God is the father of spirits. Your flesh is not part of it. Your flesh is from this earth. It's sinful by nature. And will die. The Bible says because of sin, it is dying already. It's getting older. There's nothing I can do about it. It's getting older. I say because of sin. It's getting older. But your spirit is being renewed day by day. So you, the, the first place you start to identify yourself is that you are a spirit being and that you came from God. You are born of God. It is to be regretted, my brothers and sisters, that the body of Christ has been taught mostly by men who walk by their senses. I've said this over and over before, and not men who walk by revelation. One pastor called them sense men, men of senses. It is safe to say that many people who taught us do not even understand our redemption or our salvation. You may go to church for many years, never hear anything about the things freely given to us in Christ, being taught. Yet the Holy Spirit came here to reveal them to us. Came to reveal them to us. You want to show me how many churches teach it, this thing that the Holy Spirit came to reveal to us. The focus is on outward appearance. What you see, how zealous, you know, it's always there, which is good. But not the inside work where God made you new, where God created some, a new person, and where God embedded his life. The focus is on the arm of the flesh, what you can do and what you must do, and not the arm of the Lord, what, what God has done and is still doing, what God did in us in Christ, and what the Holy Spirit is doing today as a result of what God did through the word of God. You hear it. You won't hear it. Growing up as a Christian, and I gave my life to Christ, and I had a genuine salvation. But immediately after that, that was all. I was focused on my effort to be holy, my effort to be good, my effort to do this. Actually, I was told that I was not sanctified, which translates to that I was a sinner. I mean, even after I gave my life to Christ, Nobody taught me what it even meant. What I was taught is that I am not sanctified. When somebody is not sanctified, it means he's not set apart yet. He's not clean enough yet. And it was taught the entire denomination. The result was that my wife and I never had the courage to pray to God for anything. Because we were not sanctified. We were not accepted. So the best we did was to ask God 
to show our pastor our need so he that is sanctified will now pray to God and get it done. I'm telling you my personal experience. Many people who taught us do not, do not even believe the Bible. To them that believe in him, he gave the right to be a son of God. I was told I didn't have the right of a son of God because I was not sanctified. So the devils had a few days in my life. My family was sick. Poverty came to my home. And I was still praying that God would show this thing to my pastor who is sanctified, whose prayer God will answer. I don't know what, what experience you have. That's why I, I'm really, you know, when it comes to all these things, all these things that are not scriptural, that keep people bound and weaken their faith, I, it, it, it really gets to me. I was doing a little retreat, and I ran into a, a Jewish woman. She was giving out tracts. And I went to her, I said, oh, wonderful. I said, wow, you're giving out tracts. And, and he said, are you a Christian? I said, yes. He said, what type of Christian are you? He said, I just came out of the hospital because I lost my mind. Because there are some Christians came to me and told me that I've committed unpardonable sin and I'm going to hell. He said, I lost my mind and was hospitalized. He said, and another set of Christians came and told me, no, you didn't commit any unpardonable sin. Actually, the blood washed your sins away. And you are just as good as any of us. That's how she recovered. He said, I don't want to see any, any Christian who brings me condemnation anymore. Because I came out of psychiatric hospital because of it. Brethren, this is serious. Very serious. God justifies people. People went go and condemn them. So we ought to do more. Now I'm not sanctified, and I'm told to pray so that I be sanctified. And I was praying that I never. I, then my, my my marriage was in shambles. We were quarreling almost 24 7 because we were frustrated and angry. I was. And my wife would have headaches upon trying to be holy, and then because she was never, you know, perfect. So she said, Oh my God, you know, this education was just, oh my God. It gave us headache. Serious physical headache. I know a sister. When God opened my eyes and I was teaching the freedom we have in Christ, she came to my wife and I said, Pastor, that was not even a pastor. He said, when you taught that in the life center, he said, like a big load was, boom, taken off my head. He said, in the night, I had a revelation that I was in a cage, and that word you were teaching opened that cage, and I came out. Because you know the truth, it breaks all these things. I won't call her a real testimony. We ought to do more. Do more by what means? By the arm of my flesh. 
and we fell woefully. My state was a bad testimony to, to, the, to God because my failures became a story where my wife was teaching. They were sharing it. That this one, look at it. Can't do this. Can't. I mean, I became, I'm not, I'm not, this is a real story. Real story. If there was blessing, I didn't know. If there was anything to give me joy, I didn't know. Actually, I didn't even know that Christians could, could praise God and dance. Because we are told that you don't do that. It's kinda. So when God took me to Four Square and they were praising God and dancing, and fortunately the pastor preached on praise, I took the bulletin home, I couldn't sleep. All night I was reading those scriptures. I, didn't, I couldn't sleep much. Because I said, this thing they are doing, is you know what they told us you don't do? But as I was reading those scriptures, I saw that people, David danced, I saw that, and they God bless him. I was going through that scripture one by one. Romans 10, 16. But not everyone welcomes the good news. That's true. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? 17. So faith comes by hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ Jesus. Now, I wasn't taught about Christ Jesus there wasn't any good news I was taught. All I was taught is to work harder, to be sanctified and to be holy on my own. That wasn't good news. Nobody taught me any good news about Jesus Christ. So there was no faith to stand against the onslaught of demonic spirits in my house. No faith was it. I never, I would preach from house to house, under the rain, everything, never one one soap. My whole life was, wasn't a good testimony to them, the people I was preaching. And the only story we were telling about miracles in our church, we, we didn't know about talking about Jesus Christ. We were talking about man, the miracle. So come. Paul, in spite of all the anointing he had, in spite of all the miracles happening in his life, Paul said, I do not preach about myself. He never went anywhere and said, you know, handkerchiefs from my body will come on now. Let me pray for all this. No. He was pointing them to Christ and him crucified. And so, if I didn't have faith, how would I overcome sin? How will I overcome the devil? How will my prayers be answered? How will I live the Christian life? When I didn't know the foundation of faith, the author and finisher of faith, I didn't know him. Now, too, how will I live the love of God if I didn't know I have it? If I didn't know that God loved me by what God did for me? The Bible says you love him because he first loved you. Is it in that my struggle to be sanctified that I see the love of God? Is it in that effort to, to be good and holy that I see the love of God? And because I didn't even know I had the love of God, I didn't even love God. I felt it was a taskmaster. I won't say that, but I felt like that. So, I mean, if I couldn't love God, how do I love people? 
Figure it out, people. Are you surprised that in, let us decide to be honest. Are you surprised that in the body of Christ, there's so much acrimony? There is so much acrimony. There is so much acrimony. Resentment, so much quarreling, so much fighting, so much greed. Money comes, Christianity will go away. You bring cake in the church, food, meat, some will steal all of it. Instead of working harder to be sanctified, what, why don't they teach us Jesus? And let me know who I am in him. Let me see what he did for me. That why I was still a sinner, he died for me. That will show me how much he loved me. And I will love him back. And in loving him, I will leave his love. Why not tell me that he poured his love in me? And I can love. Why not tell me that I have access to the Father like my pastor? Why not tell me what Christ did for me? I didn't know any of that. And I'm talking for a long time. Lived a very defeated life. The result of all of this is very troubling. Because you see masses of well-meaning Christians trooping around, looking for who will pray for them, looking for a prophet who will help them. They have problems, they have needs, they don't know how. There's no faith to overcome it. And they're frustrated. It's frustrating. They're looking for help. Any help they can get anywhere. Because the problem is real. To anywhere they tell them this man of God is doing, they all go. Because they don't know God. If they know God, they'll be strong. They'll do exploit. Nobody taught them about Jesus. The power of God. The arm of God. About money, tithe, bring money, money, money. Now, if you are rich, give you certain titles, all of that. Not everywhere. Brethren, can we decide to be honest and sincere? So people are struggling to make the flesh live the spirit life. I don't know how it works. You're trying to make your flesh live the life of God. Your flesh that is by nature sinful. You're trying to be holy by your flesh, the arm of the flesh, by what you do to live the life of God. Supernatural life of the Almighty. How does it work? Change does not come from outside people. Change does not come from outside. Matthew 23, 25. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are so careful to clean the outside 
That's what we are doing. That's what we are doing. Working hard to be good and holy. The outside. We didn't know about the inside. You are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy. 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 Full of greed and self-indulgence. Let Christians do business together and prove, see what I'm saying. You blind Pharisees, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, then the outside will become clean too. That's, that's Jesus prescribing how you change. It's not through this I'm trying. No, no. He said the inside first. Once the inside is clean, he said the outside will take care of it. Because the issues of the life, of our life, come from within. And many people are praying, God, help me, I need help. Help me to be holy, help me to. God says to you, I sent you help already. Look for, think 19. No, no, Isaiah 49. Thus said the Lord, in an acceptable time have I had thee. And in the day of salvation, and this is the day of salvation, have I helped thee? Stop bothering me to help. I've sent you help. Have I helped thee? And I will preserve thee, give thee a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritage. God said, I have sent help in the day of salvation. I've had thee in the day of salvation. I've sent thee help in an acceptable time. I have done that. Jesus came and announced to us, this is the acceptable time God is talking about. The help has come. I'm here. So, do you know the help God has sent you? And what are you doing with it? Do you know Jesus Christ, the Son of God? The help, the deliverer, your helper. Do you know him? And what have you done with him? So Paul said, 2 Corinthians 4, 5. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We are not the help, God said. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, is him. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. He is the help that God said. He said, we're preaching and showing you people your help. John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the whole world, pointing them to, and the Bible said that John the Baptist was a prophet of God, who will show his people the word of salvation through forgiveness of their sins. And he did it. He said to the world, this is the Lamb of God that takes away your sins. The helper is here. 
1 Corinthians 2.2, for I determined not to know anything about among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul said, why am I preaching to you? This is the help that God sent us. I don't have any other thing to tell Growing up as a Christian, I didn't hear all these things. Listen to me, people. Only Christianity offers man a new life. Not a character management. Not a code of conduct. An entirely new life lived by faith. The life of God. Only Christianity offers it. Every other religion will offer you code of conduct. Every religion has code of conduct. If you, if you run Christianity on code of conduct, you reduce it to other religion. You reduce it. You take away the glory in it. Jesus said, I've come not to give you a code of conduct. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want to take away your old life and, life and give you the life of God. Only Christianity offers it. That makes all the difference, people. We don't run on code, code of conduct. We run on faith in Christ, the Son of God. And when you believe, you see, you see the glory of God manifesting in your life by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God performing what Jesus fulfilled for you. You see it. The arm of flesh goes away. The arm of the Lord takes over your life. So our identity. Paul found his new identity with being a new creature, with this new life, the life of Christ. He realized that his identity has changed. He realized that he's become a new creature. Jesus brought it. That's what Christianity is offering people. Life. Not laws, not code of conduct. No, 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 no. Life. Not 10 steps to do. No, no. Life. Because you are dead in sin and trespasses. Completely dead. Why do you offer a dead person? Code of conduct? No. Life. That's why Paul said, I don't want to know anything else except Christ and him crucified. Because he's the one that God sent our help to bring us life, to resurrect us from our dead, to give us a new life. Not our life, his life. So Paul found his new identity in 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. I don't do that anymore. I don't see myself from human point, physically. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. That's his identity. He realized that, oh, I'm not who I used to be. I'm a new person. I've become a new person. See the identity? I'm a new person. I'm in Christ. I'm a new person. And it's not a process. The day you receive Christ Jesus, the moment you receive him, you're a new person.
the old life is gone. That's what Christianity offers us. Jesus said that come, that you have life, have it more abundant. The old life is gone. The old sinful life is gone. That's your identity. If you don't know this, you will live by the arm of the flesh. You will live by your old man. You produce a harvest of iniquity. You can hide it, come to church, dress well. That's the way you will live your life. And you can't teach the flesh to live God's life. It's a waste of time. What's a pig? Close a pig, a pig is a pig. You can't teach your flesh to live God's life. It's waste of time. It won't. Because the flesh is by nature sinful. You can only educate your spirit in the word of God. It's the only aspect of you that can obey God, can live that, this, because that's the only one that has this life. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. A new life has begun. Identity. This is who I am now. 18. And all of this is a gift from God. You don't merit it. You don't pay for it. You don't do anything for it. Salvation is a work of grace received by faith. It's works of men. They are to be saved. He said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a gift from God. And it changed his life. Because how you perceive your life is how you behave. How you perceive yourself is the way you respond to all the goliaths in your life. If you perceive yourself as grasshopper, that's the, the... When I didn't know the truth, my faith was so weak. Did I even have faith? It was so weak. I had faith, but it was so weak. And everything whooped me. Everything defeated me. Everything. My whole family was sick. Bags of medicine. Trays of medicine. We were buying medicine every time from the pharmacist. Everything defeated me. Anger, impatience, everything. And I judged others, they were not good because since I'm not sanctified, they are not. <laughs> so to consume myself, I'm discussing that it's not sanctified. We go to life center, waste our time, waste a whole one hour talking about this person is not sanctified, is sanctified. How many people know he's sanctified? A whole one, we waste time judging people. Look at what he said. His life changed. You see, I'm a man and I behave like a man. This new life is your natural, your natural behavior. Just like your natural life is your natural behavior. The new life is a natural spiritual behavior. You don't have to do it. I'm a man. I, behave, I don't have to learn to be a man. I behave like a man. I'm right-handed. I don't have to. The same thing with the new life. You, you, it's natural. That's his nature, the life of God. So look at Paul said, 2 Corinthians 5, 13. If it seems we are crazy, because <laughs> some people think we are crazy. 
it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is also for your benefit for them. Either way, whether you think we are lost our mind or we are crazy or not, Christ's love controls us now. Uh, something new. I have a new life. It is the love of God. God is love. I have this new nature. It controls me now. Something more powerful than the flesh has taken over my life. God's love. Christ in me controls me now. The flesh has seen more than its match. <laughs> tell me how Paul will be gossiping. Let's even talk about it. How can, tell me how Paul will be greedy. How can he come to church? They put a cake for people. He will go and cut half. Or put food, he take everything. How can he do that? The life that controls him now does not do that. He, don't, he doesn't do that. It's natural. That's why he said, I poured out my life as a drink offering to all of you. He, he was yearning to, to share in the, in the pain of Jesus on the cross. He said, I, I want to share in his suffering. I want to share that that nail in his hand, the pain he bought for me, I want to, I bet he couldn't share it. It was only for the Lord Jesus. But that will tell you how much this man's life was yearning for Jesus. He said, I'm ready to die for him. He, 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 he's not committing adultery because he'll go to hell. No, the love of Jesus controls him. <laughs> controls him. He won't take somebody's daughter. The love of God does not do evil. Don't read in the Bible. It's not a code of conduct. It is life. It's nature. Since we believe, he said, this is how it came about. This is how this change came about. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. What's he going to talk about is our identification with the substitutionary work of Christ. Very important. Because that what will bring you to this conclusion. That you died with him and you rose with new life. Paul believed it. And he's saying it here. He died for everyone. Why? So that those who receive his new Life we no longer live for themselves. No longer. This new life by nature is selfless. It's love. It's not code of conduct. It's love. It's, it's nature. You live by nature. The, Jesus put it another way. He said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. His life will be flowing out of He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Identity. Died with him. I rose with new life. This new nature will live for Christ. This new nature is not selfish. It doesn't live for itself. Christ did not live for himself. So in living in you, he does the same thing. 
the same thing he did for you, he's doing through you for others. That's why Christ is your identity. No effort. You don't have to make effort. All you need to do is to know him more. Grow in your confidence in him, your faith in him. And these things will be manifesting from glory to glory to glory. The Bible says the more you behold him, then the Holy Spirit will be changing you into that image. It's very simple. So this new life we have is the life of Jesus. That's why Jesus is your identity. Ephesians 4.23. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You have to start thinking in, time, in the line with the New Testament uh, testimony about the gospel. You have to. Like Paul started saying, he said, no, we know. He said, before I used to think of this carnally, you know, my eyes on. No, no, no more. No more, no more. I've changed the way I think, the way I see myself. I have this life of God. I have this life of Christ. I have the love of God, and it controls me. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Put on your new nature now, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's a new nature. We live by nature, not by code of conduct. Church, we live by nature. Oh, we live by nature. And this is how you grow your faith. This is how you grow your faith. Peter said, those who forget that they have been saved, that their life fall apart. He said they won't grow their faith. They won't. And they'll be very unstable. Because what they trust is an unstable thing. They trust their flesh, trust all the stories that is not from Bible. And the devil will eat them for lunch. Galatians 3, 26. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Once you have faith in him for salvation, you become a child of God. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on the character of Christ, like putting on a new cloth. He put embedded in your spirit his nature, his life, his character. You receive Christ, you have received it. Let me read it again. Galatians 3.26, for, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, nothing more. You believe that Jesus is the son of God? Yep. God raised him from the dead? Yep. You are a son of God. Faith in Christ Jesus. Nothing is required of you again. Then he says, 27, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism, that's, the Bible talks about baptized, being baptized into Christ. The Holy Spirit brings you into church, into, into the body of Christ and puts you into the body. That's what it means, in baptism into Christ. The Holy Spirit puts you, as to the church. He puts you into Christ. If any man is in Christ, that's the Holy Spirit. When you receive Christ, puts you into Christ. It says, 27, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on the character of Christ. Like putting on new clothes. 
secondly, we found that Paul found his identity in the new creature. In the new creature. Number two, he found his identity in his union with Christ. He saw that he was one with Christ, united with Jesus. He wasn't seeing himself apart from Christ. He was seeing himself united with Christ. And that did something marvelous in his life. Also, let's read it. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. See, see how he saw his identity. My spirit is joined to Christ and we are one spirit now. He saw himself as new creature with the life of God. He saw himself as united with Christ as one spirit now. And then he said in Colossians 3, 4, when Christ who is our life, because I, Christ is my identity, is my life. You can't see, I can't I see myself apart from Jesus. We are one. When Christ, Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. We're not separated from him. You know, you know, you know David says something like that. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? He said, thou art with me. You see, David saw into the future and was talking about the presence of God, the presence of God through Christ with us. He talked about the Lord, our shepherd. That was when Jesus was born. He was born in a manger. Why? Because they're the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God. Guess who the angels went in from? Shepherd. Why? He's the Lord, our shepherd. Everything about him has to do with his life and ministry. The Lamb, behold the Lamb of God. You, you don't deliver, you don't give birth to a Lamb in a hotel. So they say, we don't have a place for you. Those things are orchestrated by the Holy Spirit to teach something. We don't have a place for you here. You are a lamb. What are you doing here? And they say, okay, where do lambs go? You go to, you go to the manger. That's where they have. And then they had the lamb of God right there. And then they went and told the shepherds that the king has been born also. Because he was going to be the Lord our shepherd. So David was talking about the Lord being with us. Talking about I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Paul said, I am united with him as one spirit, permanently with me. Permanently with me. Always, it's not, come, no, it's with me. I can't, I am not different from him. We are one. The Bible calls it marriage. We are the bride of Christ, joined to him. This is the spiritual thing, but the marriage Paul was illustrating it with marriage. That this marriage, the physical one, is the joining of the body. Joining of the body. He said, as Christ and the church, so is the husband and the wife. They come, it becomes one body. They join, become one body. But we are the church. We join, we become one spirit. One spirit. So Paul, knowing his identity that he's one with Christ, said things that is so profound, amazing. Look at what he said, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things. 
I'm not alone. I can, I'm, I'm joined to the spirit of Christ. His strength has become my strength. Christ is now my identity. His strength is my strength. His life is my life. Tell me what I can do. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Why? I become a spiritual alloy. An alloy is when you join two metals together. The stronger metal becomes the dominant power. He said, I can do all things. That's why I say, I make my boast in the Lord my God. I can do all things through Christ because I become one with him. Then he went further to say in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said, but I keep my body under. I can control my flesh. I control my flesh. Why? I can do all things. The strength I have now is not my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? But I keep my body and I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Who is I? My spirit puts this body under control. Because I can do all things. So I'm not going to tell Paul, uh, you know, uh, hey, this is your weakness. He says, stop it. <laughs> stop that story. Weakness. I don't have weakness. The Lord is the strength of my life. Where did you hear about weakness? You see, identity means everything. If you don't know this, you accept, oh, this is your weakness, this is your weakness, this is your weakness, this. And that will be your weakness until you stop believing that. I know my own, he said, this is my mouth. Keep doing it and your mouth will finish you. The life you have doesn't have a bad mouth. And your mouth doesn't have to control you if you know the strength that works in you, the power that works in you. The Paul said this power raised Christ, Christ from the dead. One time the Lord asked me, he said, what do you Christians do with all the power I have given you? He said, I hear my children talk like weaklings. What do they do? Do they know how much power they have? at their disposal. Paul knew, I keep my body, I keep under my body, bring it into subjection, let that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So my body doesn't rule me. I reign on earth. I take charge. Man, I, I love Smith, late Smith, Smith Wigglesworth. He will speak to the body, say, body, I know you. He said, listen, you're not going to do this, do, do, do this. I'm going to fast between this and this time. I won't feed you, okay? I know you make trouble, but I'm not feeding you. I'm in charge. Simple. He said, I'm not giving you food. And I don't want to hear you make trouble because you like food. He talks to his body like you're talking to somebody. Because he was able to differentiate his identity as the spirit person and the flesh. He talks to his body. When the body is sick, he says, I'm talking to you, you got to be well. The life in me flows to you. So I command you to conform to the power of Christ in me. You've got to be one. So that's why I talk to my flesh. And I've learned it. I've been doing that. I wash from it. Any pain shows up, I say, no, I curse you in Jesus' name to die. Because there's life in those things. That's why it brings you pain and trouble. There's life in it. No, no, no. I, I cause that life to die. Snuff it out. Once the life goes, it dies. Everything goes. That's why it's good to listen to people who are 
our experience. We have gone through this. The Bible says we should follow faith. The faith of people who through faith and patience have experienced this promise. Colossians 6, 12. You say, I'm allowed to do anything. But not everything is good for me. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Nothing. He said, I can't be, I can't be a slave to anything. So you're addicted to this person, you're joking, not me. I don't get addicted to anything. No, no addiction in my life. Oh, I remember my pastor. Oh, he's passed away. I love that man. Oh, I love that man. man. He's the only way I listen to him. I don't listen to a lot of people. He's the only way I listen to him. The only one. I listened to on diet. He said, he said, I used to drink cook, co- co- he called it Coca-Cola. <laughs> I love that man, I'm telling you. He said, I used to take Coca-Cola. And I found I would take Coca-Cola every day. And then I come to work, I want to go and take Coca-Cola. And then one day I rose up and said, Coca-Cola is not going to rule me. And he said, from now on, I'm not taking Coca-Cola no more. Coca-Cola, you don't run over me. He's trying to take over my life. It must stop. He said, from that day till he passed away, never took Coca-Cola. That's what Paul is saying. Can't be brought under the power of anything. No. Say, but what, why are you so, hey, you know, that sister left me. I was going to get to her. She left me. My friend, wake, wake up. Stop, stop, stop that joke, my friend. Don't have things more important to talk about. Go and win souls. That's why I have time for all that kind of thing. If you left, you praise the Lord. I'm not going to be brought under the power of anything. They are enjoying the Lord 24-7. Oh, man. I, I like my, my, my cousin's wife. He told me, he said, brother, I sp- my brother was getting depressed. And I told him, I said, I'm not living the new life Christ gave me. He said, really? He said, yes. He said, that new life have joy all the time. He said, if you stop being canon, stop thinking of that kind of thing, and focus on Christ and the joy he gave you, your life will turn around. He said, well, the next time I talked to my brother, he was, he was laughing, smiling, and preaching to me. This new life is true. Paul said, I'm one with Christ. And the strength that I use can do all things. Therefore, I cannot, nothing is going to rule me. Not a human being, not emotional stuff. No, 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 no. I'm controlled by the love of God. And Paul saw that he was created to be like Jesus from creation. Look at Ephesians John 4 17. Hearing is our love made perfect, that we may, may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as it is, so are we in this world. See how Paul identified himself? Not by carnal means, but by spiritual revelation. The spirit being. Your flesh is not like Jesus. The spirit being. He believed it. And he lived a glorious life. A life of faith. He said, I fought the fight of faith. I finished it. I kept the faith in Christ. I fought, defended the gospel. 
Ephesians 4.24. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We read it before. Your new nature, identifying yourself with Christ. You are truly righteous and holy. I was told I was not sanctified. Contrary to scripture, I bought it and the thing wrecked my life. Wrecked my life. And you say, Pastor, how did you get out of there? God helped me. Because God saw, I was seeking the truth. They weren't teaching it. One day I was, we were going home after Bible study. I had R.W. Shambach. He was preaching. He said, then came Jesus. And I stood and listened to this man. He was preaching powerfully about faith in Christ. Faith. Man, I stood on the road and listened to I went there. I said, please, is this, how did these people get? He said, we are selling it CD. I bought. Went home, played it nonstop for seven days. I never listened to those people again. Non-stop, for, unless I wasn't in the house, I put it. My spirit began to rise. Man, my faith began to rise. I said, I don't need to be doing this kind of prayer I'm doing now. What? And then God directed me to my pastor. I was distantly pastored. But he blessed me. My eyes popped open. I carried those traits of mercy through them away. Through them away. I said, every demon here, I'm kicking you out. I'm kicking all of you out. You have no right here. What? You know, the reason we exhibit canal character is ignorance of our, our spiritual identity. That's it. That's the reason. You, look, anytime you are sinning or gossiping, or do you know this anger thing? And you are simply manifesting the carnal mind. That's all. It's coming out of your carnality, your carnal mindset. That carnal mindset does not know the things of God. cannot respond to it. It's totally sinful by nature. You are simply being controlled by it. That's why you are producing all this work of the flesh. All of it. Adultery, fornication, lying. All of them is carnal mindedness. That's what's producing it. All of it. Second Corinthians 6, 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship had righteousness, you see, these people didn't know they were righteous. So you say, what fellowship had righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion had light? See, they didn't know their identity with darkness. And what called God had Christ. They are Christ. The identity is Christ. Rebellion. And what part had he that believed with an infidel? And what agreement had the temple of God? They didn't know who they were. They thought they were like all this. Temple of God with idols. For you are the temple of the living God. See, they didn't know. Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Spirit of God is saying, this is who you are. You are righteous, my friend. You are light. You are Christ. You are temple of God. God lives in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. And this is 
one church. We're talking of one church. This Corinthian church. Not two, one church. First Corinthians 6, 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sin it against his own body. What? See their problem. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. He didn't give them code of conduct. He started teaching them who they are. Revealing to them the truth that sets free. This is who God made you to. This is who you are. See, if somebody is not, if you start painting picture of somebody, they start rising to that picture. If you start painting ugly picture of people, they start going down. He started telling them, this is who you are, this is who you are, this is who you are. This is who you are. He says, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He was teaching them the identity. They didn't know. They thought they were like the world. They didn't see any difference between them and the world. When I got saved, I didn't see any difference. All I knew was I was going to church. But whether I was righteous, I didn't know. Whether I was light, I didn't know. All I was being told is work harder to be sanctified. So you, so you make heaven. They were crying for us. And we were crying. Every Sunday we cry. Whether I would make work cry. Brethren, I'm in the kingdom of God. Don't tell me what I make. I'm in the kingdom of God. And the Bible said, he who started this good work will complete it in my life. Period. I'll make it. I'm in heaven already. I'm in the kingdom, and I'm going nowhere. We are kept by the power of God. Paul said, I am confident of this, that he who started this good work will complete it. His confidence is not in them. It's in the he that started the good work. Who will complete it? No, no, I, I understand. We try to encourage people not to fall off their faith, which is okay. I understand. But when you do that, remind them that he, he who started this work will finish it to your life. Bless them. Bless them. Say so. See, see the reason the, this Corinthian church were behaving the way they were behaving. 1 Corinthians 3.1. I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men of the flesh in whom the carnal nature predominates. That's why they were doing all these things. As to mere infants in the new life in Christ, they don't know anything. They didn't understand they were lied. They didn't understand anything. He said you are like mere infants in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet you are not strong enough. You are not strong enough to be ready for it. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. 
for as long as there are envy, jealousy, you can count it, all the works of the flesh, gossiping, sexual problem, all those things, you know, greed, cheating people. He said the, the reason is that you're under the control of your sexual canal mind. You are ignorant of the truth. You are a baby. A baby doesn't know much. A baby doesn't know much. When a baby sees you, we start following you. He doesn't know who you are. That's what he's telling the you are babies. You don't know anything. So, so babies, you are not even started talking. You don't know anything. He said, I'm not going to teach you. Go and teach children. You see how far you go. Said, I'm going to teach you. You won't understand. So that's why you are doing all of this. So that's why I started to teach them. Say, don't you know? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are this. You are that. You are this. Started to feed them the truth so that they will grow in knowledge. The scripture says, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the Lord of thy Lord, I will also forget thy children. You say, you reject knowledge, you're done. Now, next week, by the grace of God, we, start, we continue with our identity with Christ in the substitutionary sacrifice. This is very interesting. Very, very interesting. Because that nails everything. And then you see how it extends to healing, blessings, all those things. Comes from your identity in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you for teaching us tonight. Pointing us to Christ. In him we live, move, and have our identity. Have our being teaching us to look to him, to see ourselves in him, like Paul to say, I want to be found in him. Lord, I thank you for this teaching. I trust you with it, for only you, only you, only you can teach it, can reveal it to people. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.